Hey there, this is your girl Shawanda, and you're listening to Refreshing the Soul Podcast, a show where we bring our experiences and God's truth to refresh the heavy and hard places in your soul. From anxiety to unforgiveness, we'll learn how to come to an honest place in our souls and uproot those hidden lies so that you can discover the unique expression God created you to be in this world. Welcome back to Refreshing the Soul podcast. I'm your host, Shawanda Williams. Thank you for joining me for another episode. If this is your first time, welcome. I don't know how you're tuning in. Maybe it's through Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or you're watching me on YouTube. However you're watching me, however you got here, um, I know you're here for a purpose. And you're here to receive rest and a refreshing for your soul. Um, this podcast is founded on Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And just to quickly paraphrase it, it says, come to me all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. Um, he says, take my yoke upon, upon you and I will, I will teach you. I will, um, you, to, you can learn from me and you will have rest again for your souls because his burden is light. His burden is easy. It's easy to bear. It fits for you. And so each month, um, each episode is about how can we give God the places in us that may be heavy, where we may be tired, and how can he give us a refreshing, that word rest in that scripture means refreshing. How can we give him that place so we can receive a refreshing from him? Because we want to live this life the way he wants us to live it, live it, the way he designed us um, to live it. And it shouldn't be heavy. It shouldn't be um, something that's continuously hard. Um, so we have to be honest about the places of where we're heavy, where we're weary, where we're tired, um, and come to him and say, God, I want your yoke. I want your way of how I need to live, um, to be who you designed me to be in this world. And as I'm just thinking about that right now, some, it kind of gears us, gets us into, um, what we're going to be talking about this this month about redeem from rejection and sometimes when we have been rejected we can put on the labels of other people of what rejection did to us um we can also conform to what we think we should be um and that's not who god made us to be so sometimes because of the false identities we're carrying around from being rejected that could be why we are heavy that could cause heaviness. You're trying to continue to keep up with what is accepted, um, what is wanted. And God has already said, you're accepted. You're already wanted. That's why I died for you. That's why my my son, my, his blood redeemed, redeemed you from all those things. And I really want to um, just speak to your souls um, today. And I thank you for entrusting me right now, the ear of your soul. This month series, Redeemed from Rejection, is for that soul who has been rejected um, and you realize you deal with some rejection issues. You probably fear um, being rejected. You may overplease um, because you don't want to let someone down. You don't want to disappoint them because you fear what that may look like. Um, you probably... Um, fear standing up or speaking up for yourself because you don't want to say something that could disconnect you or disconnect a relationship. You don't like feeling misunderstood. Um, you probably don't explain yourself all the way or maybe explain yourself too much because you want to be understood so bad. Um, that could be you. Maybe there are opportunities that have presented itself but fear has kept you trapped. It's kept you stuck because inside your soul, inside your mind, you think that if I step up to do this, what if I, what if I can't follow through? What if I fail? Then what, what will I become? What would they think of me? This episode and this series is for you. 
Um, I speak from a place of where um, since a child, just feeling that that place of rejection, not really knowing that it was rejection. Um, as a child, we there are needs and there are wants and when we don't have that, you don't, you, you're not, you're not, um, you know, in intellectual and intelligent enough to know that I'm going through rejection and I'm fearing being rejection. Or no, you just know, like, oh, my daddy's not giving me any attention. I'm not feeling loved, or I feel like only when I do something really, really good and amazing, he sees me. His face lights up. I don't know if that's you. That was me. And um, it crossed over into my adulthood. And here um, I'm bringing this to God and and saying, hey, I noticed something, God, in me of where I I fear being misunderstood. And God kind of helped me peel it back even more and say, you're fearing rejection. You don't want to be rejected. You don't want to be hurt. You don't want to, um, you don't want relationships to fail. You don't want to feel disconnected. And, um, in that, um, he showed me some things in Ruth, um, the book of Ruth. And I want us each week to just pull, peel back these chapters and read it and show you some things that he showed me. And so for day, we're going to focus on Ruth one, Ruth chapter one. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I want you to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to pull out some verses and give you some context to context to what the story is about, but what I, what I believe God is saying through this story for us. So Regine, redeemed from rejection, part one. Um, let's talk about today that you are not what happened to you. You are not what happened to you. Um, Let's first get some definitions. The definition of rejected is this, or rejection is dismissing or refusing a proposal, an idea, or something, right? When I was looking that up, I also noticed further down where it talks about social rejection. I was like, hmm, what is that? And it says, so social rejection, like you, you feel in rejection um, with maybe those who you, you're, you're um, socializing with. Um, if you've gone through the place of feeling dismissed or refused, um, it says that it increases anger, anxiety, depression, jealousy, and sadness. And a lot of that makes sense when we have been rejected, when we feel dismissed, whether it's for an idea or proposal that we have, something that we are like, hey, what do you think about going here? And someone responds back, oh, that's a stupid idea. Why would you say that? Or why? Or it could be anything. It could be something that you have said um, and it was just not taken seriously, could have been just dismissed abruptly. Um, dismissed with a con- um, a condescending tone. Um, you could have grown up in a, in that type of an environment of how you were spoken to was just um, in a way of where you didn't feel accepted. You didn't feel like your thoughts were accepted. So maybe you attach that to your identity that I'm not accepted. I'm not wanted. And it says it increases anger, anxiety, depression, jealousy and and sadness. And I was looking at those words and, um, I don't know if any of those stand out to you right now, but the one that stands out to me and that I relate to the most is anxiety and possibly a jealousy. Um, jealousy, you know, it's funny when me and my husband was prior, we were married prior. Um, he was, he, he, um, I experienced infidelity. He cheated on me. And and this is over a course of 10 years and, um, something that, um, I spoke with a therapist about, and she said, you know, when you, when you remain with someone for over five years that has committed the act of infidelity, I mean, and it's, it's, it keeps happening. You're talking about over five years and over. She said, that's called trauma. You know, that we consider that trauma because now it has changed the way you think. It has changed the way you see yourself. It has changed the way you um, look at others. And I began to develop this jealousy, even for, for women, for other women. 
it wasn't because, oh, I didn't think I was cute or whatnot. No, I was, it was as I saw that my husband, what he did is was as if he wanted something else, but did not want me. And, um, so just any woman that he would, um, talk to in relation with, or, 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 um, have conversation with, or I would have this little jealousy because of, again, because of a place in me not feeling wanted. I adopted and attached to the identity. I was not accepted by him. I was not loved by him. And so it created a place of jealousy for me. Um, also that anxiety, anxiety, um, just even with being late somewhere or missing something that I should have intended, it created, it, it used to create anxiety in me. Um, where I feared what people would think of me because I didn't show up or because I like I wasn't reliable. Like I would go to the extent in my soul of fearing being disconnected from people because they're going to look at me differently because of what I'm not able to perform because of what I'm not able to do for them. And so anything that um, threatened that place, I got anxious even over being late. So as I'm reading some of these words, I just want you to just note or um, note any words that stand out to you. And you say, you know what? I'm, 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 I get angry easily. I deal with anger or I deal with anxiety or depression and sadness or possibly jealousy. Could it be something linked to a part of you where you fear not being accepted where you fear disconnection in a relationship with a person or um, because or maybe you have adopted that that sense of self that you are rejected, you're not wanted. And so it has caused you to look at other people differently. It's caused you to look at your sit your situation differently. I don't know, but I just wanted to pause there and I wanted to mention what social um, social rejection increases so that you can look at those words and identify, does that relate to me? And if so, we want, we want Jesus to come into that place. We're coming to him with those things and we want him to give us rest there. But we have to be honest with Am I, am I angry? Am, am I anxious whenever such and such happened? Or what makes me anxious? What is it that's causing my anxiety? What is going on in the moment um, that causes me to feel depressed? Or where is sadness? Where could that, where, where could that be coming from? Could it be coming from a place of where um, you felt dismissed or something was refused in your past? And ever since then, you've um, taking on that identity that you're dismissed or you're not enough to reject that definition. Just reject is to dismiss as inadequate, inappropriate, or not to one's taste. Also fail to show due affection or concern for someone. That thing to dismiss as at inadequate or not appropriate or not to one's taste. You know, I just imagine, you know, you're sitting at a restaurant and you want to try something new on the menu. You try it and the first bite is like, mm, I do not like how this tastes. And the waiter comes over and says, so how's your food? And you don't want to lie. You want to be honest. And you say, ah, it's it's not that good. I, I don't like it. You know, it, it's not for me. And they're fine with it. Oh, no problem. We, we can replace it with something else on the menu, something that's liking to your taste. And so you dismiss that food. You you give it back and you take it away and it gives you something else. And sometimes I know um, in life, we may have felt like that in relationships where we felt like we weren't to someone's taste, someone's liking, that we were in, a, inadequate for them, maybe inappropriate. Um, maybe there's something about you that they felt that was maybe too much 
I don't know. I heard that over this over the weekend. With, um, I went to a women's conference, Grace Women's Conference, and they were talking about the woman and how sometimes we, we can um, people can say we're too much or too loud. And it was an amazing conference. Um, God spoke spoke to my identity, and I, I want it's overflowing here. But maybe someone did that, and they said you're too much, you're too loud, and somewhere in it you have conformed to fit what is accepted by a culture, what's accepted in your workplace, what's accepted in your church, what's accepted even by your husband. And I'm so sorry for that. That is another phone I have in here that I didn't realize I had in here. (laughs) But um, maybe you have conformed um, to fit an identity because you realize that who you were is not accepted. Who you were, how you show up is inadequate, is not to someone's taste. And um, one, I want to tell you, I'm sorry if that happened to you. If you felt that you've had to conform um, to be something else in order to be accepted. God wants you to be who you, um, who he originally intended you to be. I don't believe it, it, I don't believe that we should take on the identity of too loud or too much. That's I may not be to your liking, I may not be to your taste, but that doesn't make me too of anything. You're just right, you're just enough, just the way you are. There are places in us that has to be renewed, that may have to mature, but who we are at the core you're just what you're supposed to be. And that is what this, this, um, the series is about is getting you back to your core of who you are, understanding that who you are is accepted, is enough, is liking to the taste of God. Our life and our heart should be to please him. And I know sometimes it's not easy to, um, see that as, um, priority or as such a a, a a value when you have when the people around you even the ones who love you are not accepting you and you want that acceptance and so um I shared a little bit of my story of kind of how I felt um, rejected by uh my father that's where it began for me um but I'm learning ing learning. (laughs) I haven't gotten there, but I'm learning and reaching toward the place of accepting myself as I am and no longer defining who I am based on the things that happened to me. Also for me to look at the things of what happened to me and to separate that from my identity, I have to look at it through the lens of God. I have to look at what happened to me, what transpired through the lens of God. As I look back and look at how um, I, yeah, I didn't have a, a lot of attention um, when I was a child from my father. I didn't, I say from my father, but from my parents, um, I felt most wanted and most loved when I did something good. Um, even as um, even as a student in school, like I, I felt like an outcast. I felt like I was not wanted as a friend. Um, there was always like the cool kids, the popular kids. And though they may have known me, we weren't close, you know. So I remember always feeling just wanting to be in that crowd, wanting to be wanted, wanted to be liked. And um, that part never getting satisfied in that way. Never getting, um, never um, feeling the adequacy, feeling enough for people. And so... um, just right there, I had to bring that to God because of what I've what I've been noticing even now of how rejection that that lie of being rejected and not wanted has played in an impact in my marriage, um, in ministry and the people who I serve with. It's played an impact. Things that I've noticed that I how I respond 
I've had to bring that to God and he's showing me, he showed me from a place here in my youth, these things that have happened to me and how I've adopted that identity. I'm not wanted. I'm inadequate. I'm not liking to someone's taste. And he had to show me, Hey, from his perspective, listen, your dad did love you. He just didn't know how to properly love you. He didn't know how to properly do that. He didn't have that. There were some things in his life where he, he wasn't shown, he wasn't shown, um, that type of attention. He wasn't shown that type of love. So he just didn't know how to do it. It wasn't because of me and of who I am and what I didn't have. Sometimes rejection from other people comes from a place of them being unrenewed and just not knowing how to love or see you properly. And then, and of course, as a child, you don't know that again, I'm, I'm, I'm wasn't in a place of where I, I knew that. So unconsciously I took on the identity of, I must not be, that's why he doesn't love me. I must not be this because, or I'm not good enough to love. And then I go, go and get married. To someone who doesn't know, who didn't know how to properly love me, who didn't know how to properly see me. This is why it's so important for us to get understanding of what's going on in our souls and how we see ourselves, especially before marriage, because we will continue to make decisions, whether it's marriage, whether it's a certain job, things that we do to be seen, to be accepted, to feel loved decisions are coming from an unrenewed place in our soul and God wants to give us rest there. He wants to refresh us there. And so I'm telling you a little bit of my story. And so here now with my story, my background, I want you to bring your story into this place, into this moment right now, as we look over the story of Ruth. So in Ruth one, it talks about, um, so there is a lady named Naomi and I'm not going to go through all the names, Naomi and Ruth. Those are the main names we're going to stick with. But Naomi has a has a has a husband and two sons. Her two sons are married to um, a lady named Ruth, and the other son is married is also married to another lady. Well, they end up um, moving because there was a, a famine. After they move, her husband and her two sons died. I want you to note note something. When they died, there's still her and her daughter, her two daughters, her daughter-in-laws, right? Verse five, it says, um, let me start. It says, both Maloon, Maloon and Killian died. That's her two two sons. And I apologize if I'm jacking up the names because I'm sure I am. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. I, when I saw that, I, I was like, okay, she's not technically alone. She has her daughter. She has a daughter-in-laws, but I'm sure she felt that way. I'm sure she, and I'm sure any mom would feel like I don't have my core family here. This has been taken away from me. This has been stripped from me. Um, and now she feels alone. And again, we're reading this scripture through the eyes of rejection, through the eyes of how we redeem from rejection. And so something in here, God was just showing me real quickly before I got on here, that how sometimes when we have been reject rejected, when something has been taken or stolen from us and we feel alone, he said, sometimes we can see ourselves through what we don't have. We can see ourselves through the lack and not what we do have. She still had her daughter, her daughter-in-laws. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to feel alone. I'm not saying you're not going to feel certain things when you are rejected. But sometimes with rejection, that feeling, that place of rejection, we can zero in on what I, okay, it's because I don't have this. 
It's because I'm not a lovable person. It's because, again, going back when, when something is dismissed as inadequate, we're taking on that perception of I'm not enough. I don't have this versus, okay, but you, you do, you, you are, you, you, you are kind. You are social. You're giving. You show up when you can. So now because this because this is taken away all you see is what you are not all you see is what you don't have and i'm 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 and i'm telling you god literally just gave that to me for someone right now you may even be feeling alone you your husband could have literally walked out and the feeling of how you feel no one should diminish that i don't know what that feels like and I know rejection, but I know rejection has a sting to it and it hurts. But even in a place of where we feel like um, something has been lost or we've lost something or something has been taken away. And I want you and we're going to get into what the um, how Naomi feels um, how Naomi feels in, um, deeper in this place. Um, because I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's connected to, to God so, so much, but we, we want to hear God in this place right now, whatever it is that you lost, whatever it is that happened to you, God is saying that you still have so much. If you open your eyes and look around, you still have, you still have things to be thankful for and you still have so much in you. So much of you may have been so wrapped up into your husband. So much of you may have been so wrapped into your kids, your job and you being let go, you feeling dismissed from it. The kid ran out or did something or said something that violated you. Whatever that place is, whether it happened years ago or recently, I hear God is saying you have to see your situation through my lens. You have to see yourself through my lens. You may not have that thing, that person anymore, but that doesn't mean you are alone. It doesn't mean you don't have worth in you. You are not alone. You are never alone. God is with you. And if you are feeling in a place, if you're feeling alone, Ask God to make himself evident to you right now. Say, God, this is what happened and I feel alone. I know that you're here, but I, I need to feel you. I need to see you. I need to, I need to, I need something from you. And I'm going to tell you, I've had those conversations. I've said those things and God has come through. He wants you to know that you're not alone. He wants you to know he's in that place with you. So I'm just being obedient. He wants you to know you're not alone. He's seen what you've lost. He's seen what you've gone through. And he's saying, I'm still right here. Before I get ahead of myself, <laughs> we're going to keep going. Okay. So Naomi decides to move back to her homeland. All right. I want you to go and read this chapter because I'm not going to go into all the details. I want you to have more context to it. But she goes back. She chooses to go back to her homeland. Her daughter-in-law's father follow her up until a point, And she pretty much says, listen, you need to go back to your mother's. Okay. Um, you no longer need to be here with me. You know, you, you know, I, I, I know you were married to my sons, but now they're gone. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to stay with me. And she kissed them goodbye. They began to weep and cry and they tried to stay. Both of them tried to stay. And she was like, um, no, 
and and this is in verse 11 after them they tried to stay and plead with her to um to go with her and what and go back to her people verse 11 it says but Naomi replied why should you go on with me can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands mm Verse 12, no, my, no, my daughters return to your parents' homes for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not. My daughters, things are far more better, bitter for me than for you. Because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. So one thing I want you to note here is how Naomi is seeing herself. How she is seeing herself. She doesn't see that she has worth. She doesn't see she has worth. So therefore, because because she's attached her worth to her husband and her sons. She says, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husband? She's attached her worth to what she can produce. She said, it doesn't make sense. I, I can't even give you sons. But even if I could give you sons, you're going to wait for them to grow up and not and and make them not marry anyone else but you. So she's saying, really, the only reason why you should be with me. Or the only worth that I have for you is what I can do for you, what I can give, what I can produce. How many of us are walking around, probably even subconsciously, not realizing that our worth, how we see ourselves, the value that we have is through us being such and such wife, such and such mother, such and such employee, such and such minister. By the things that you're able to do. We don't see our value outside of what we can do. And sometimes that can come from a place. And I'll say like for me. Because I found that my value. From the smile on my dad's face. Came from me performing. Came from whenever I did something. That's when I got attention. That's when he showed me a love. In my eyes. What I what I felt like I needed. Came, from a, came out of a place of what I did. So I correlated that what I did is how I get what I need and what I what I do is where I get what I deserve and what I do is when I get the acceptance is when I get the love is what I get what I deserve and so in order to keep from being rejected we keep doing we keep producing we keep working. We keep striving. We keep saying yes when we should say no. You are not what you do. You are not what culture says you should do. So you got to understand Naomi back in this time, it was it 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 looked bad when a woman could not produce a child. They wanted to have children. So she lost her husband and her two her two sons. So the shame and everything that she probably felt in that moment, but that was because of the culture that was created back then. What is the culture saying today about what you should have that makes you valuable? What does this culture look like? Have you conformed who you are and what gives you value to what culture says that you should look like and be. And so you're doing everything to keep from being rejected by culture, to feel accepted by social media, to feel accepted by loved ones, co-workers. We have to be honest in this place. I had to be honest in this place with God. And this is what he showed me. He said that you cannot attach your identity with what you do. See, our rejection issues is directly correlated to our identity, to how we see ourselves. Not only did Naomi saw her worth, her value, her identity through what she could produce and do. 
but it was also to what happened to her. See, she said in verse, um, let me see what verse this was. I believe it was verse. Yeah, actually that last verse in verse 13, she said, would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not. My daughters, things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fence against, against me. Her identity toward what happened to her. She looked at, I'm, I'm, I'm just bitter now. This is where I'm at. My life is bitter. Not only that, now she look at the relationship that she sees herself through with God. So she directly correlated what happened to her also with how God sees her. He's raised his fist against her, meaning he's punishing me. I see God as a punisher. Are we, is our relationship even with God proper? Is, is that even, um, how is your relationship with God? How do you feel that God sees you? Do you, do you believe, and I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you for me, um, because of how I saw my father toward me, I saw God the same way. I saw God as someone who was far away, who was too distant, who I could not be enough for. That's very interesting that I felt the same with my own father. Have we correlated the things that has happened to us, how people have treated us to how God has? Let me say something right here and now. If you do, no shame on you. Do not feel guilty. Do not feel wrong and out of place. A lot of us have. But this is the time, my sister, that God is saying, I want you to see me properly so you can see yourself properly. He accepts you. He loves you. It hurts God to see what, what has to happen, what, what the choices, the free will that he has given um, people to do and what they've done, what they do with it. God does. He gives people free will, but he knows he has the power to redeem whatever someone's free will causes us to lose. He can give it back. We didn't go over the definition of redeem, but redeem is to compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something, to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. He's already paid it. So when we is when we come into alignment with, okay, I know what happened to me, but what Jesus did for me on the cross, what he walked through. He paid for the, the, the fears, the anxiety, the depression, all that he paid for it. So I got to choose to accept and believe what he did. And so no, I no longer have to be tied to, I no longer have to attach who I am to what happened to me. I am not what happened to me. You are not what happened to you. You are on the other end of probably some bad choices, but God says that, that right there, the place, if just come to me, I'm going to give you rest for your soul. I'm going to give you rest in that place. The way that we can know when we are fearing that rejection is when we fearing that fearing that disconnection. Um, when, what you, I'll say when, what you do is taken away, who are you? Are you still able to see yourself with value and worth when you no longer do whatever you're doing day in and day out? When you're no longer with whoever you're with day in and day out, are you, are you, do you still have worth? Do you still have value? Where do you place that in? See, when we replace, when, when we are rejected, we try to place value in whatever is going to make us feel accepted. And I'm here to tell you, we got to take the lens off of the, 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 um, the carnal ways we find acceptance. 
and already know and understand in our hearts that we are accepted, past tense, accepted by the God who created this entire world universe, this entire universe. That's huge. That's huge. And God is pursuing you. He's coming after you saying he loves you and that he wants you. Sometimes we don't realize how much our identity is tied to the people that is tied to the things is tied to the things that we do until something comes to threaten to dis- disconnect it. But if we're connected to the source, if we're connected to the thing that created us, that knows us, the one who redeemed us, then we'll never lose sight of who we are. We won't need something else to tell us who we are, to give us value, to give us worth, to validate, stamp us as approved. We'll know, oh no, I'm already, I'm already his. So we now have to detach ourselves, untether ourselves from the things that happened to us. He wasn't there. He left you. They laughed at you. They picked on you. They didn't know how to properly love you. Give your story a new, a new narrative. Let's go back and we and rework that story in with how God saw that situation or how God sees the thing. That's what I'm telling you. God continually does that to me when he's helping me renew my mind and my soul. He shows me this is how I want you to see what happened. That way you're not looking at it from a place of what happened to you. You're looking at it from a place of where I see, oh, this is how God sees me. And they just didn't know who they were. They were rejected. They didn't know how to properly love. So I got to make sure I know who I am so I can properly love my kids. So I can properly love my husband. Remain connected to the source. As we continue to connect with him in his word, he'll show us where, he'll show us the things we need to detach from. He'll show us the things that mm -mm, this is where you're this is where you're you're getting your value from. You're feeding off of the applause, the amens. You're feeding off of the 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 resource of of your, your community. Hey, I'm still your source. I'm still your source. Wow. Um, I didn't want to go through all of Ruth today. I knew I wasn't going to get through all of it. I did want to mention one part of, um, another piece of Naomi's self-perception of herself and God. Um, that verse is in verse 20 and, um, we're still going to pick up next week with Ruth one and we'll dive into Ruth two, but verse 20, um, they, the daughters again, trying to stay with her Ruth and, um, one of the daughter-in-law's leaves but Ruth um, is still begging to stay with her and calls her by her name Naomi and Naomi's response in verse 20 says don't call me Naomi she responded instead call me Mara for the almighty has made my life has made life very bitter for me you know again she says the almighty so she recognizes um there's a god she recognizes he's in control, she that he's the lord of her life, but that he has been he's he she's blaming what has happened to her her sons and her husband. She's blaming him for it. I want us to recognize that right now. Are there things that has happened to you in your past that you're saying in your soul, God, why weren't you there? Why didn't you stop this from happening? I want you to bring that place to God in your soul and be open to what he has to say. But I'm here to tell you right now, God gives people free will, but he can still set you free in that place. Where sin abounds, his grace abounds even more. God has enough for you. His grace is more than enough. It's sufficient. It's the strength that you need to help you in a place of weakness. So I don't care where someone has sinned against you, that's caused you to feel rejected. God says, my grace is more than enough for you. I know what he did. I know what she did. 
But what I have for you covers that and some. Thank you, Lord. He's not a God who, 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 who tried to put harm on you or just allowed harm to come to you. He's a God who allows free will, but who can restore, who can heal, who can deliver, who can soothe, who can calm, who can comfort, who gives peace, who gives hope. Naomi took on a different name. She was no longer, she no longer wanted to be called by her name, but she wanted to be called, she wanted to be identified by what happened to her. We have to be careful that we don't lose our identity and what happened to us. It's what happened. It's not who you are. You are accepted. You are loved. You are wanted. God will put you around the people who knows how to properly show you that. I'm a witness today. God has put me in a church home where the pastors are my spiritual mom and, 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 and father. They give me love. He kisses me on my head. He texts me today a, a snapshot of um, my podcast, how he was listening to it in the middle of it and saying, oh my gosh, I'm such a rich dad. He's so proud of me. He God, God knew what where I lacked, but yet he was like, but I know what I've given you. I know what I have for you. With God, you don't lack anything. He, he had already predestined to fill that place for a mom and a dad. He has given me more than enough. My spiritual father told me today that he's rich because of me. I'm rich because of what God put in them for me. You're rich. You have what you need. God already has for you the thing that you think that you're lacking, that you got to go after yourself. No, God's like, I already have it for you. Stop searching for acceptance. Stop searching for approval. Stop searching for someone to tell you that you're loved and that you're valued. And say, I already am that because I have God. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want because you have everything you need in him. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I have a little bit of soul work, not homework, but soul work for you to do tonight. I want you to go to Psalms 46 verses one through two Psalms 46 verses one through two. I want you to read it. I want you to write it. And then I want you to answer who God is and then who you are because of him. All right. So that's Psalms 46 verses one through two. You're going to read it. You're going to write the verse and you're going to write down who God is and who you are because of who God is. I'm going to read it real quick. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Okay, take that moment, read that um, scripture, write it down, write what, who God is, and I want you to write down who you believe God is saying that you are um, from that scripture. All right, it's time for my hiding place segment, and um, the song I chose um, today is from actually Danny Gokey, um, You're Wanted, You're Wanted. I love this song. I love this song. Um, let me read a couple of lyrics from the song. Um, it says, and I want to, I want to find, um, a good, a good verse. So I'm gonna read it from the beginning. He says, I was there the moment he's speaking from God. I was there the moment that it happened, but, it, but you couldn't see me through the pain. I caught every tear as they were falling when you lost your heart that day. Yeah, you lost your heart that day. Now you only see through broken lenses, trying to keep your head above the shame. You believe the lie that I am distant, but I hold you every day. I hold you every day. 
If you could see it through my eyes, you'd know that you are wanted. You'd know that you are wanted. And if you let my love inside, I'll show you that you're wanted. I'll show you that you're wanted. God was there when it happened. He saw what happened to you. And sometimes because of what happened to us, sometimes because of the pain of rejection, of not feeling wanted, of not feeling love, can distort the image of how we see our true heavenly father. But he wants you to know that you're wanted. He wants you to let his love inside. So we're going to be intentional this month to give him an open space in our heart to love us and show us his love and how we should see him and how he sees us in a place of where we may have been rejected, where we may have felt left out, where we may have felt not good enough. Let him take you back. Let him rewrite how you saw that story. I'm not saying the pain will go away, but he wants to give you new lens on how you see him and how you see yourself. All right. Confess these confessions after me. I am wanted by God. I am not defined by rejection, for I am redeemed and chosen. God is for me and pursues me. I am not alone. I am seen. I will not conform to what culture says is acceptable. For I am already accepted by God. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get refreshing to those souls who need it. Also, don't forget to head over to Amazon where you can purchase that 30-day devotional Rest for the Soul by yours truly. Um, You want to get it in your hand. And just remember, soul care is self-care. Until next time, bye-bye.